Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. singing the brain of jay which is about the brain of john f kennedy a very interesting song one of many songs inspired by the assassination of john f kennedy which we are approaching the 60th anniversary of you know what has remained consistent over the last 60 years a majority of americans do not believe that lee harvey oswald acted alone More than six out of every 10 Americans do not believe the official conclusion of the Warren Commission. A new book that looks at this from a fascinating perspective with interviews from people that were there, people firsthand and people who've studied this stuff and collects them into a neat little bundle and compiles them into an interesting picture of what may have transpired is a book called Killing Kennedy, Exposing the Plot, the Cover-Up, and the Consequences. Its author, journalist, and documentary film producer Jack Roth is my guest. Jack, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No, uh, thank you for being willing to be awake so early. (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) Tell me uh, what sparked your interest in the Kennedy assassination. I know that you were born, as you write, uh, a couple of years after Kennedy had killed. How then, I I see how much work you put into this book. I can't imagine how much time this took you. What sparked you to, what sparked the interest for you to put so much work and time into this? Yeah. You know, I was born two years after the Kennedy assassination, but what I did experience were the ripple effects. I, you know, whether it was uh, the Vietnam War, uh, again, I was a kid, but I saw things, right? These were my formative years. And I remember growing up in Brooklyn and seeing the Vietnam veterans come back and it's etched in my memory. You know, they weren't all there. They were struggling. Uh, So you had the Vietnam War, you had Nixon, Watergate. So, you know, I always wondered about all that and what had happened with the Kennedy assassination. And, you know, being a critical thinker, I always, since the time I could really understand it, it always really bothered me the fact that Jack Ruby could so easily just walk up to Lee Harvey Oswald and kill him and shoot him in a police station and 
you know, Oswald never got his day in court. Oswald was never able to tell his story. So to me, that's a huge red flag. And that tells me there was, uh, there was definitely a conspiracy. So uh, I'd always been interested. I'd always read books, of course, in 1991, like a lot of us, we saw the movie JFK by Oliver Stone. And that again, piqued our interest. And uh, so I, I, I just, kept following it and I, I felt like I needed to do something because I felt we were being duped and it, it was it was all, it was like an insult to my intelligence that after all these years that they got they're still getting away with this and I say they but we can get into that but uh, so I, I decided I wanted to write something but I wanted to write something that was unique because I know there's so many books on the assassination so you know like you said I, I, I interviewed the right people I asked the right questions and uh, you know was able to really get some kind of compelling new insights uh, as to you know the not only the assassination but also you know the 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 effects, the personal, the psychological uh, effects that it had on not only the people involved, but just as a nation as a whole. You, you focus on three very complicated and very interesting aspects of this, the plot, the cover-up, and the consequences. Let's talk about the first of those. With all the research that you've done here, and you talk with researchers, you talk with eyewitnesses, you talk with uh, people that are the children of folks that were involved in the CIA at the time, you talk with um, a, a whole bunch of people. What's your best guess, based on all the folks that you've spoken to and uh, all the research that you've done for this book, what's your best guess as to the plot? Who was doing the plotting to kill the president and why? Sure. I, I tell people because, of course, I get asked that question all the time. And I say, listen, I can say this with 100% confidence that it was the Cold War and its cold warriors that killed JFK, meaning it was the times in which JFK governed that ultimately got him killed. And when I say cold warriors, I mean people like – uh, uh, Alan Dulles, Curtis LeMay, uh, William Harvey, Edward Lansdale, these guys that were in the CIA, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and they were staunch cold warriors, meaning that they, they would, any means to an end, uh, was okay in, in order to defeat the Russians. So, it, he, Kennedy walked into a very difficult situation. And from the minute he came in there, I mean, look what happened. You had in six, 1961, Bay of Pigs. So he realizes that, first of all, the CIA lies to him because they tried to back him into a corner so he would provide air support. So he was lied to and by Alan Dulles. And so what he did was, Kennedy, publicly, he took the blame for it. But behind closed doors, he was furious with the CIA and he realized they were out of control and he fired Alan Dulles, right? And Alan Dulles was like a sacred cow of the Cold Warriors. So that was a problem. Then the next year, you have the Cuban Missile Crisis and Kennedy realizes we came within inches of a nuclear war 
and tens of millions of Americans could have died. And he realized at that point that things needed to change, and he started using backdoor channels to talk to Khrushchev to say, listen, we need to establish some kind of detente here because otherwise it's not going to end well for anyone. So you had all these things going on. It was the height of the Cold War, and you had these guys, and people have to realize the intelligence agencies, especially back then, the CIA, the FBI to an extent, they were out of control. And they were doing whatever they wanted to do all over the world. So for them, you know, they, they, they weren't going to be stopped. And Kennedy thought he could stop them and change things. And he was wrong. The, uh, let me back up again before we go through the details of the plot and the, uh, the cover-up. Whenever I do segments like this, even when we're approaching the anniversary, inevitably some people will call in and they'll say something to the effect of, who cares? It's 60 years later. The world has moved on. It's a terrible thing. It's a crime that occurred six decades ago. There's people being shot every day. There are serious geopolitical issues today that need your attention. You, in your forward uh, by Dr. Cyril Wacht, who has been a guest on the show, who I'm a big admirer of, he says that you make the case why the Kennedy assassination still matters 60 years later. Talk to our audience about that. Why does the uh, Kennedy assassination still matter after all this time? Because we've been feeling the ripple effects since. So in 1963, this there's this ideology that's very popular. It's called American exceptionalism. From, from right after World War II, we are the good guys. We wear the white hats. We are exceptional. We're the best nation in the world. We have the best quality of life. We treat our citizens the best. Everything about us is, again, there's this ideology about the United States. And this is, you know, truth that, you know, late 1940s into the 1950s leading into the early 1960s. And what happens almost immediately after Kennedy is assassinated? Well, we, you know, Vietnam is ratchet up, right? We ratchet up Vietnam. The Vietnam War gets going in, in, in earnest. Uh, then you, you have, you know, you have, you go from John F. Kennedy to Lyndon Johnson. And Lyndon Johnson, is, I talk about him in the book, and I interview uh, an author who did a ton of research on him. And he was a piece of work. So you go from this admirable guy in JFK uh, to, a lunatic and Lyndon Johnson, just not a good person, not a good man. And, and then it, it goes from there. Uh, you know, then you get Nixon and Watergate and all these, you know, just misbehavior uh, at the, at the highest levels of government. And that American exceptionalism starts to erode slowly, but surely over the years. And we're still seeing it today. Something happened when Kennedy, I tell people that JFK was our best last best chance for world peace and i truly believe that i've spoken to a lot of people who also agree uh, there's no question about it he wanted to change things he saw that things were going in the wrong direction but he came up against a, a, a force that was way too powerful even for a president one of the things that we hear a great deal is not only the aspects of the CIA's involvement in this and other government agents or, you know, whether it was an official CIA sanctioned thing or just people within the intelligence community. The other entity that comes up a great deal is uh, the mafia. I'm going to be talking with Mark Shaw tomorrow or on Monday. He's of the belief that the mob 
uh, they did this because they didn't like how Robert F. Kennedy was going after them, given what uh, they had done to secure his election in 1960. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has been on this show. He thinks that there was some sort of uh, a hybrid of entities within the CIA and the mob working with one another. What does your research suggest about the possibility of mob involvement? Yeah, I agree completely with RFK Jr. So you have you have to understand again back in that time, especially back then, the CIA contracted with the mob because they were really good at what they did. They were great at assassinating and killing people. So the CIA would literally contract them out to do those kinds of things for them. So they worked hand in hand on a lot of again nefarious you know projects and and uh, hits if you will so yes so you had members of the CIA uh who and and you have to understand as well that and 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 the author that you're going to have on that you mentioned he's absolutely correct too because the mob hated the kennedys again cuz they they helped kennedy get elected and then what do they do they you know jf john you know robert becomes the attorney general and he goes right after the mob. So the mob, let's put it this way: the mob was the mob was glad to help. Carlos Marcello in New Orleans, uh, Traficante, and a couple others were more than happy to help with logistics and also with the actual, I say, hit. Uh, but they had some really, really great assassins. I mean, it's nothing to be proud of, but they did. So the CIA worked with them. Uh, and other people, you know, talk about uh, members of the Corsican mob and the French mob that mm. they had fly in, right? So they had a lot of people that were in uh, Dealey Plaza that day, and people recognized each other. Uh, that was something very interesting I learned, where people were like, wait, I know that. He's an assassin. They they all know it's part of the same community, right? <laughs> so it's like, they, they were like, what's he doing here today? What's he doing here today? It was like, you, you almost, it's almost surreal to think about who was in Dealey Plaza that day. One of the things that uh, often gets talked about is sort of what you alluded to, that John F. Kennedy Jr. was going to stand up to the people that wanted Cold War escalation and maybe even draw down and withdraw from Vietnam. Subsequent presidents, Johnson uh, and Nixon among them, they took a very different approach. This is uh, some audio of John F. Kennedy from November of 1963, just three weeks before he was killed, and uh, this is what he had to say on the subject of Vietnam. These people who say that uh, we ought to withdraw from Vietnam are wholly wrong, because if we withdrew from Vietnam, the communists would control Vietnam. Pretty soon, Thailand, Cambodia, Laos, Malaya would go, and all of Southeast Asia would be under the control of the communists and under the domination of the Chinese. And then India, Burma would be the next target. So I think we should stay... We should make it clear, as Ambassador Lodge is now making it clear, that while we want to help, we don't see a successful ending to this war unless the people will support it. And the people will not support the effort if uh, the government continues to follow the policy of the past two months. I hope that will be clear to the government. It should be. After all, they've been conducting this struggle for ten years, and uh, I admire what the president has done. He's been counted out a number of times. I'm hopeful that he will come to see that... uh, they have to reestablish their relationship. 
So he sounds there just a few weeks before his assassination like a lot of other cold warriors saying the people who think we should withdraw from Vietnam are wholly wrong. And he pretty much articulates the domino theory that was the whole rationale for being in Vietnam. Help us through that. Um, Juxtapose Kennedy's comments there with the theory that he was going to de-escalate Vietnam. Right. So he wanted combat troops out of Vietnam and he didn't want to escalate. And one of the reasons he didn't want to escalate is because he had, you know, he had McNamara, which was his guy. And he would, he'd go, he'd go and do all these, you know, fact finding missions in Vietnam in that area, the entire Southeast Asia area. And he'd come back and he would literally be like, listen, these wars can't, it's very difficult to win a war. The, listen, we had the blueprint from the French. The French had fought that war. It was their, it was their war and they lost to the North Vietnamese. They could not defeat the North Vietnamese for the same reasons we couldn't event, you know, ultimately had to withdraw from Vietnam. You can't win a war like that. And so I think Kennedy was kind of playing both sides because he realized that, well, if we leave all together, that could be a domino effect. Uh, but I don't think he wanted to commit a great deal of American troops. And he, you know, he was known as also saying that, you know, this was their war. We'll help, but mm-hmm. it's the, ultimately their war. They, their people have to fight. You know, and I don't want, you know, he didn't want a bunch of Americans getting killed over there, but it was a very difficult situation. And that's what he, when he, when it came in office, this is what he was facing. And it was, it was very, very difficult for him. Hey, Jack, I'm kicking myself because I didn't book you for a full hour and I have a lot of other questions for you. I'm wondering if we can continue this conversation on Monday or Tuesday of next week and uh, we'll allocate a bit more time for us to continue hammering through some of the things that are in your book. How's that? That sounds great. Let's do it. Uh, If you want to check out Jack's book, it is called Killing Kennedy, the um, exposing the plot, the cover up and the consequences. It's available on Amazon, most other places where books are are sold. I have a lot of other questions about this. Uh, We're going to go through it in the future and uh, continue the conversation. Meantime, I'll try and squeeze in some of your calls in a moment. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 